Hello and welcome to 99 and a half of the Motorific podcast because we're going to give you a little bit shortened usual episode to cover the ICMA launches that are happening this week or that just sorry just happened in the last week if you've been paying attention to your motorcycle media channels you've seen all these new bikes so we're going to just chat kind of quickly about all the different bikes we're seeing and if you haven't heard and kind of what's going on over in in uh, Milan right now. So let's start. And we're not ready for 100. We would like to do something awesome, no. but I've been really busy. I don't have time to think about awesome. I just have time to work, come home, eat. So, yep. <laughs> and I was traveling a little bit, I think, if you saw my feed. So we're just going to do, give you a nine, nine and a half, and then we'll be back for a bigger 100. Uh, let's go through your list, because you gave me a good list. Um, well, let's see, as I progressively scroll through my links here. Um, <laughs> just a couple of takeaways, and believe me, this is not everything that gets me excited, but it just happens to be what I've seen thus far, which is... Oh, sorry. Uh, Real quick, for those of you who are not familiar with what we're discussing ICMA is the largest and longest running international motorcycle show. I take that back. It may not be the largest, but is the longest running motorcycle show in Italy. And it takes place every November. And it's where all the big brands launch the latest and greatest bikes every year. So when you hear about a new Ducati, it's happening at ICMA. If you hear about Sorry. a new uh, Japanese bike, though, that would probably happen at the Tokyo Motor Tokyo. Show, which is right before. Yeah. So uh, there yeah. are some brands that like to keep it uh, uh, local for their launches, but um, for the most part... Most of the stuff. So that's why yeah. your inbox is brimming with a bunch of new motorcycle eye candy. And so a couple of the things that caught my eye, not a comprehensive list again... Um, First of all, the Ducati V4 Panigale. Whoa. Okay, that's all I got to say. Um, way out of my league <laughs> in terms of the superbike. So we'll see if that changes things for the Mark next year in GP. Also, the Ducati Scrambler 1100 got a little uh, engine boost as well as a fancy paint job. Actually, no, the Ducati Desert Sled got the retro paint job. Um, the... Honda CB1000R is a pretty sweet-looking naked bike. We're going to be talking about that, as well as Honda bringing back uh, the monkey, mm -hmm. potentially. And mm -hmm. um, The original Grom. <laughs> pretty much, yeah, the Z50. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the Honda Africa twin-spec uh, bikes, one of the variants, mm. looks a lot like a GSA in my, in my book. And uh, the KTM 790 Adventure looks pretty palatable, in my opinion. So we'll, we'll take a closer look at, at all of those. I know Joanne has a couple of BMWs that she was talking about, too. Yeah, the, uh, what is it, the 850 GS. I, I agree about the whole, like, incremental displacement thing. 
Yeah, like, but they can't. I think you could probably scroll back to somewhere in the beginning of our episodes where I said, I'm just going to call it right now. Eventually, they're going to make the F650 twin GS, which used to be the single, end up running it right into the 800, and they're going to knock out one of those models permanently. And then they bumped it to the 700, and now they've bumped the 650 to the 700 to now the 750, and then there's the 850. Seriously? <laughs> 50 more cc's. Come on, guys. So, um I guess people want more cc. I guess it's all about the extra power, I guess. Sure. I mean, Just make it all a leader bike. <laughs> I, <laughs> leader leader everything. No, 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 no. People need something smaller to start with. Um but yeah, it's a new GS and uh I'm actually excited about the 790 Duke. Because that was also uh, kind of a new new model that was, quote, launched. So not a, you know, not something that they're ruminating about, not something that they are thinking about or prototyping, but like a makeover for the 690. So 100 horsepower. It's got a nice dry weight of 372, so about 400 pounds. And, of course, the 790 Adventure is, you know, cousin, same platform as the KTM 790 Duke. But is that an official launch? Like, it's coming, or is that more like where it's conceptual, or is it... That I don't know. Let's see what Cycle World says. I say it's It's, all proto. they, They say it's a adventure concept. Um... Wow, that looks amazing. Uh, It looks like they haven't released an official date for it, but it looks like they are just putting out a teaser and maybe throwing out the idea that, hey, we're working on it, but we're not ready. So it looks like it's really a concept at this point, whereas the Duke is uh, being delivered so you have to still wait, I think, for that 790 adventure. I've always dreamed of like a 690 adventure. Is If I ever jumped into the dual sport world, well, they, I, I would want to throw a leg on that. They do make a 690 enduro. I know. And the, but 690 the 690 is enduro a single. Is so this is a parallel twin. Right. And I would much prefer that I am done with single cylinders and twins that are, uh, or sorry, it's just you know anything of a thumper nature i i'm just going based on you know the experience we had on the 690 and my my thought process was that if they came out with an a quote adventure and not just the enduro that it would be a slightly more comfortable touring bike Mm -hmm. certainly with incredible off-road capabilities but just like that dream balance of can really take it off road it's lighter but it's comfortable to tour on and and when i worked at the ktm dealer people always told me how stable and comfortable uh, 990 adventure was that it was beautiful at 90 miles an hour as it was at 30 and that it you could really really ride that comfortably and it was very stable for an adventure bike no on the street like on the freeway that it had it was incredibly balanced very smooth but then also incredibly capable at 
winning a rally or, you know, riding in the dirt. And I always thought that to be uh, mystical, that it's really hard to get that, you know, because the F700GS, in my mind, is it's really more of a touring bike and maybe 40% off-road because it's not as light and, I guess, capable. That's just These are just things that customers would tell me and people who were mad about their KTMs and why they love them so much better than BMWs for true off-roading, single tracking, and like in the dirt and mud. You know what I mean? See, now I've always heard Uh that KTMs handle better in the dirt than BMW, but on the highway, BMW handles better than KTM. I guess it, I'm sure it varies completely on I'm sure it's very individual personal. Yeah, exactly. And, it's yeah, subjective. Yeah, yeah, and very subjective. And I, and I mean, honestly, I've never taken a GS. I take that back. What do you mean? I took an F650 GS on the street. I didn't do any, like, hardcore twisties, but I did a little bit of backcountry riding. And, yeah, it was great. It wasn't, like, super technical country riding. But, yeah, I, I thought it was fantastic on the road touring and super comfortable. It was great in the city too, just doing the little bit of city riding I got to do in Ireland that one year. It was great. I have no idea what it would do in the dirt, but yeah, I'm sure it varies. You're right. It's probably, you know, one person's like, oh, the BMW is better in the end. Another person's like, well, no, the KTM's better. Um, I, but hey, if you're a KTM and BMW owner, then please chime in and tell us your experience. I'd certainly want to hear that. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm my crutch has always been as far as upgrading, even on the road, just getting a new street bike potentially is getting a leader, but then having a 500 pound beast, you know, or a 460 pound top heavy bike, because Evan's bikes, you know, that's a leader and it's less than 500, but it's so top heavy and it just is so awkward and I'm so spoiled by it that I I wish at some point I'll find something that's leadered but feels like a 650, you know, because of the, the layout and the center of gravity and all that stuff. So I'm, I'd be excited just to throw a leg on this and see how it felt. Um, the last time I sat on a, on a 990 Adventure, I was really surprised when I sat on it like, wow, I can get my toe down and get my left toe down. And it felt so much smaller than my mind had perceived it to be. You know what I mean? Because you stand next to one, you're like, this thing is huge. But then you sit on it and you're like, this is really not that big because <laughs> it's so skinny. It was deceptive. And it, that's where it got me excited about the possibility. Like, oh my God, if this were just 40 pounds lighter and maybe like, just a little bit smaller. Oh, how amazing would that be for someone like me, you know? But I- I'm excited. I think it looks hot. Hey, and <laughs> I have to break it to you that the uh, that the 790 Duke will not be coming for 2018. Oh. It will be coming oh. as 2019. a 2019 model in the fall of 2018. Fall. So at that point, we're already going to have a couple other uh, models to choose from that are kind of in the... True. Seven to eight hundred twin ballpark. So true. People people might not be as excited at that true. point. Oh, so uh, on the other end of the adventure spectrum, uh, Honda, right? So they released. Is it a smaller Africa twin or just a new Africa twin? I think they just 
Remodeled. Right. Oh, yeah. CRF 1000. So just updated, it looks like. Oh, another model Very of yeah. it. Variant. It's another version. Ah, the CRF one thousand twin adventure sport. Adventure sport. What Actually, it's it's the Africa twin adventure sports, but it basically Ooh, is like a GSA. Street tires. Yeah, yeah, street tires. They're not right. exactly putting the right tires on these suckers when they do their <laughs> um their their beauty well, their beauty photo campaigns. Well, okay, is this bike supposed to really go off-road? Well, if it's called an adventure, I mean, not by my standards do I consider adventure exclusive to off-road, <laughs> but by industry standards, I'm pretty sure the GSA, the um, the KTM adventure-related models, all of those, yeah. theoretically, should be sporting some off-road uh, rubber. But, um, yeah, I don't know, man. Added ground clearance, sports. something, you know, you would expect for an off-road machine. I, I don't know. Maybe they, maybe it's not truly for the off-road. I don't know. Yeah. These days, I feel like people are doing I'm anything with everything. I'm confused by marketing. The word <laughs> adventure. What does it mean? And we asked this in the previous podcast and... By damn, those five right? listeners that we have did not chime in <laughs> and let us know what their definition of adventure was. So, you know, yeah, tell I'm, us yours. I'm not. Uh, I'm not too crazy about uh, rolling out some big red carpet for a hundred if we're not going to get any feedback on you know defining adventure for the masses. So, we'll oh, h- here we go. We, get, in, we get a really good. Uh, hold on, we got a really good quote here in this article from the. Uh, American Honda's manager of motorcycle marketing communications. He says, and I quote, or she, we've enjoyed seeing our customers put their own interpretations on the Africa Twins' true adventure ethos and with the increased capabilities of the new adventure sports, as well as those of the updated standard Africa Twin, we expect that spirit will be applied in new and exciting ways. So (laughs) even they know, like, our customers are riding the bikes in ways that we didn't expect them to so why not give them a bike that isn't what you expect i mean is that kind of it's kind of how i read it because i think what they're basically doing is they're really just giving people the bike right off the bat that they're already riding because how many people have you talked to who bought a, a gs but they're not anywhere near the dirt it's like 90 10 they just like the style. They like the sure. comfort. It's the concept right? of an SUV, a sport utility right. vehicle. And How many of them did this see off-road? It, right, exactly. So this, in my mind, is them addressing that issue right off the bat. Here you go. Here's a bike that is a little off-road capable, but come on, let's be honest. Be honest with yourself. Here's some street tires. Here's some street suspension. Here's a little less ground clearance. Have a great time. <laughs> or not I don't, I don't know but i think it's really cool i i would love to try to ride one at some point it looks fantastic so for those of you who like, are twin fans do like the red white and blue uh kit even know, even right? this growing this on is me. uh i i like the old school retro red white and blue this um yes, based on the photos looks to have a little metallic in the red and the blue and i'm actually okay with that as well 
Yeah, I liked it. I like that too. And the gear manufacturers are responding. Also, I'm seeing a lot of helmet graphics with these throwback red, white, blues, and and thinking about BMW primarily, I think. But clearly, Honda also is throwing in their red, white, and blues. But like Showy, for example, in their X14 and the RF1200, you find some really cool red, white, and blue throwback graphics that aren't like. Uh, that are, excuse me, very retro in terms of kind of classic racing graphics and styles. But wow, uh, clearly they kind of go together. 10.6 inches of ground clearance. That seems really oh. high. That is really high. I wonder how that suspension responds. Um, updated Showa, longer travel. Um, the thing that mm. I am not too crazy about on this particular model is the gold rims. I like that. Uh, yeah, well, you have a, a black and gold bike that kind of <laughs> works well for it. No, I know. I just like all bikes with gold wheels. I can't help it. Uh, I don't know. It's a little bling, you know. It's a little shiny. If you like the shiny look, why not? It's eye-catching, I guess. I kind of like the red accent, like, yeah, the by grips. the uh, passenger seat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but their red is like, at least based on these photos on the Honda website, is more of a deeper red mm-hmm. and not that kind of bright BMW red. And same with the blue. So definitely a slightly different hue and tone of what you normally see on BMW, uh, their traditional red, white, and blue. I like it. I think it's really, really, really pretty. I always thought that Africa Twins in person, they're, I think they're really pretty bikes for you know you think of adventure bikes and i usually don't think of them as pretty you know like you see a panigale or you see an rsv4 and they're just they strike me as beautiful bikes but i don't really see adventure bikes that way typically but there's something about africa twins that i find to be they're just really pretty and i don't know if it's because they're i don't know like a little bit lighter and not as bulky looking or I, I don't know what but I, I really like them at least on the outside yeah. no idea how they ride on the inside so this uh, the um, I'm switching over to Ducati we'll bounce back to Honda sure but yeah. the, the Panigale V4 the Ooh. special variant so the limited edition variant is uh, has a um, frame made of forged magnesium Oh. So if you want the fancier version, you're going to get the lightweight metal. Yeah, that must take away some, uh, definitely take away some bike weight. We'll be posting the link to this, and uh, it's basically asphalt and rubbers um, following of the EICMA um, releases and shows a couple photos of a very naked V4 Panigale. With all of the fairings mm. and the plastic stripped <laughs> Triple away. Triple X. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jensen. Yeah, that's kudos that's, to you and your silly titles. That's Jensen at two o'clock in the morning coming up with some some type with its clothes off. <laughs> silly. Um, I just decided today that next year I'm going to save up and try to plan for a a vacation to Eichma next year. It's been like six years since I went, and I want to go back and see it all. Oh, this is cool. Yeah, this looks 
really neat without the fairing on. It is just jammed together in there. That is right? all I can think of is that is just probably solid and are, massive. Right? I don't see the specs, but that's got to be a heavy bike. Yeah, everything's definitely all smushed in there with nowhere to go. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. It's really cool looking, though. There's something wow. you have to fix on the V4. You're going to probably have to spend a lot of money because what you're looking, the part you're looking to replace is probably going to be buried behind <laughs> 10 other things and it's going to, they're going to have to take yeah. the whole bike oh apart. Oh my God. Look at the exhaust. Look how that exhaust. Wow. Jammed. That is really cool. It looks like. Intestines. <laughs> yes. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. If you're wondering what we're chatting about, you're going to have to go to our show notes and check the visual aid of the V4. So, um, speaking of Ducati, the uh, Scrambler originally is a 800-ish. I think it was like 798. Um, we we know that they came out with the junior version, Scrambler Lite of the 400-ish CC. Um, smaller scrambling and now mm-hmm. they have an 1100 so if you like the 400 if you graduated from the 798 800 cc how about an 1100 hmm. i am kind of i'm kind of digging on the look. the um Similar paint scheme as the Cafe Racer uh, variant of the Ducati Scrambler which is black and gold that's kind of that's kind of yeah. sharp Ooh, I do like this photo, though, of the black and silver one on Cycle World's website. Oh. Yeah, so on the Cycle World oh, article about it. No, if you it, keep scrolling down on uh, A&R, you can see it. It's the second photo we posted. Yeah, that's pretty. Wait, which article on a um, the sc- The link that I sent you. Scramber 1100 see. debuts. Let's see. Ah, there it is. Yeah, it's a stock photo, but I bet the Ooh. I bet black rims are easy to clean. They are because you don't know they're dirty. <laughs> that too. <laughs> it's hard to see if they're dirty. Gotta love that. Oh, so it looks like different color. I am not a fan of the yellow. Yeah, it's, it's bright. It's bright, and it's come back in it, the eleven hundred now. So we've got the mid-range scrambler. The um, the middle child? Not a fan. The middle child, the oldest, <laughs> uh, not the youngest. I don't think you can get the youngest scrambler in uh, yellow. They should have, um, I wonder if the middle one comes in red, you know, the red-headed stepchild. should be the middle child as well. Mm. Um, all jokes aside, that'll be interesting. Okay, wait. It's 454 curb for the 1100. That's actually not bad. Are these photos the same exact scrambler model, just different colors, right? Yeah. There's a gray one, a yellow one, yeah. a black one. Got it. Mm-hmm. I wondered if they look different. Oh, Ducati. They can't even put their own actor models in, like, real Ducati gear. Like, what is she wearing? Mm. Mm. You must be looking at the Cycle World version. Nope. Looking at the asphalt version. There's a woman, she's riding the black and white one. She's in a three-quarter helmet. And she's wearing a very, very casual jacket. Oh, I guess and I didn't it's scroll zipped down. open. All the way. 
She's riding with it zipped all the way open. Good job, Ducati. Good job. And he's wearing what appears to be a casual armored leather jacket of some sort. There we go. You know, but, you know, she needs to be half-dressed anyway, oh, so we don't care No, about I know exactly who that is. <laughs> so Ducati Scrambler fans rejoice. If you've been waiting for a bigger one... Now you got a big one. So I wonder what the gray one is, because basically she's riding one of the three posted. And then I think that's Dave Castillo, and he's on a gray one that's different. Um, Dave Castillo and uh, Imogen, Imgenocide. Um, I don't know her actual full name, but uh, she's the one that's uh, with the jacket open that you're referring to. Um, okay, so there's the regular 1100, the special, and the sport. Oh. So that's how they're broken out. Gotcha. So Sorry. I bet you the regular's yellow. I'm just guessing here. And that the special's probably the black and silver, maybe. And he's probably riding the sport or something like that. I don't know. But uh, three variations. One has an Olin's kit on it. It looks like the base and sport model is 454 pounds curb weight, while the special is 465 curb weight. Mm-hmm. Um, Some nice. fancier, oh, spoke wheels fancier bits. Those things, uh, yeah. you know, take a little extra weight. Like spoke wheels yeah. on the special Indeed. version. So, cool. I do like that. Like... While I don't like the mix of brown and the color gray that they used on one of those mm-hmm. variants, I do like that brown mm-hmm. seat. Pretty sharp. Mm-hmm. We had, yeah, we had the. And there uh, looks to be a lot of bits to to clean on that super shiny chrome. Holy crap! Yeah, I like the cafe one we had in the store recently from uh, Eurosport, mm-hmm. and uh, it was really pretty. I have to say, it was beautiful. I sat on it; it kind of felt like you're sitting on a sportier bike, but not a sport bike per se. It was it was really sharp, really nice. It's a pretty decent tire. I don't, um, it'll take me too long to find out who makes the tire. I think it was Pirelli, but, uh, that's, um, probably that's a pretty decent street tire because it has some off-road, limited off-road capability. Hmm. It's not a full slick. There's a little bit of, uh, a little bit of bite. Um. Yeah, that seat is nice. Oof. Yeah. And, uh, so the desert sled, everyone's, uh. Potentially everyone's favorite variant of the uh, Ducati Scrambler has a nice retro look to it. You know what it immediately reminds me of? I'm not offended. German flag. Uh, oh, yeah. True. <laughs> Just That's the kind of funny. tank colors. Never thought about that. Um, German flag I colors. actually don't mind the, the goldy rims in this one. Um, <laughs> what I can tell you, though, is apart from, the, uh, apart from the German flag similarity, is that... Um, God, was it uh, Troy Lee was running an off-road kit that had the same very retro striping pattern across the chest. It was a mm-hmm. black jersey, and it had the basically a red, orange, and yellow striping. I wanted that so bad. It only ran for, I think, a year, and then they discontinued it. But maybe they'll bring it back so they can be matchy-matchy with this Scrambler Desert Sled because that would be cool. Mm. <laughs> Um, mm. <laughs> more more humor from Jensen on paint job and <laughs> <laughs> but 
but uh, oh, you wordsmith, you yeah. Jensen. I know you don't listen to our podcast, but if you are listening to our podcast, I got to say you got some, you got a way with words there. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Any is it just color? It's like this the is the, the it's just another color variation. Is it any uh, yeah, different? I believe see. this is um, just a killer color scheme. Updating with another color option. They call it shining black. What a terrible name. <laughs> He's right. It's a terrible name for the color option. Oh, this is good. Yeah, you might like this if you're a fan of the classic black, yellow, red. Because that, I would say that was a pretty strong retro color theme, like red, white, and blue. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. I kinda, I'm kind of digging it. Yeah, it looks beautiful. Yeah, she sure is pretty. But does she like getting dirty? That's the critical mm. question right there. Well, it's got a skid plate. Does she like getting dirty? Yeah, stock skid plates you know. never really inspire you know. a whole lot. Mm. Mm. It's kind of sketch. Say skid plate for a little bit of dirt and mud as you're riding down the back alley behind Target mm. to yeah. get to to get to the freeway. No, the so I've been told the uh the desert sled is uh is well tuned for off-road. They've uh they haven't just taken the scrambler and thrown some dirt tires on it. It's actually hmm. um a better tuned model if you're interested in taking it off-road. Hmm. Um Jeff was actually wanting potentially that motorcycle and when I asked hmm. about any media deals, they said yeah, there's a fully kitted with all these nice sparkles desert sled, but it's in Alaska. You can have it if you want to bring it down. And I think I had just gotten back from Ooh. Europe, and I was like, yeah, I can't. Tempting. I can't. Tempting. <laughs> I've got way too much drama going on at the office. Um, mm. So rolling back into Honda for some motorcycle porn from them is uh, the CP1000R, which I think... I think the CB one thousands. What's the race? What's the race bike name? They're not CBs. The one thousand RR. Is that CBR one thousand? CBR one thousand RR. I thought there was a slightly different. Uh, so was the CB one thousand then the? Um, everyone was Standard. excited about the reboot of the CB, and that was the one with the really boxy, like red uh, tank. That just came out like in the last like three to four years. I want to say mm. that was it, and I could probably dig it up um, while we're talking. But uh, don't Honda's new um, CB1000R is definitely a lot better. Uh, 2016. Let's check that out. Whoa, okay, yeah, that's way different. The CB1000R and the 2016 and the 2015 edition are very sport bikey. The CB1000R now, which is the Neo, Neo Sports Cafe design, is basically a naked, less fairing, uh, really nicely kind of styled um, performance motorcycle. However... The exhaust can has to go. I'm sure that's the first thing on most people's list. <sighs> yeah, she needs to upgrade that. The lady needs can. new cans. Um, Maybe lighter ones. 
Yeah, it's just it's to me, massive and it just uh, looks awful. Um, it, wow, wow, those that is huge. Weird, right? But kind of pretty yeah. in like a futuristic kind of way. I mean, it, the design is beautiful. I would say it's like it looks unlike any other exhaust can. It's not like a traditional exhaust when you think of motorcycle pipes. Sure, but it is big. Like it just seems too big yeah to be mounted right there but i don't know i mean so summer of next year so summer of 2018 the cb1000r will be available for the u.s market um definitely a lot of uh, updates and uh, a nice naked four-cylinder see what do we so this what do we have here fiberglass oh flangeless sorry i can't read flangeless. flangeless tank offers elegant styling plenty of knee room through distinct cutaways all led lighting all the led upgrades uh goldwing had something similar as well lots of upgrades uh, tech wise to the goldwing which we i think can talk about because i don't know that i've talked to i don't know that we've done a podcast since the goldwing launch i don't um, think so more uh, wow it looks so different from the current cb1000r yeah so we're gonna post both we're gonna post honda's website of the 2016 and 15 and then give you their press release that we're reading currently for the neo cafe version throttle by wire you know so you get uh, a lot of different modes and this seems Mm. interesting standard sport and rain is is what we've been accustomed to and it says user so I'm almost thinking that this fourth riding mode is a riding mode that you can define yourself. Could be. I'm just speculating. But typically, standard, sport, rain are things that we see in most models, but user is different. I wonder if more people are buying this CBR1000RR instead of the CB1000R and so they're deciding you know screw it let's shift this into something that's more that com- that's more competitive with the R9T sure. and that kind of morphed bike cuz I bet you more people are either buying a CBR1000RR or a 600RR and they're like I don't want a liter naked from Honda I want that from Ducati, or I want that from another brand sure. that offers and, a, a lead, and I'm guessing that's why. And you're right about the R9T because I kind of didn't see the similarity until now. Now that you mentioned that's it, that's what I. That's what I thought when I saw it. I was like, oh, that's smart because no one else is. No one else has a bike like an R9T currently. I mean, I guess you could call the Scrambler the new 1000 maybe competing. I'm I'm guessing the R9T has been successful for doing BMW. I'm I'm pretty sure it does really well for them. And uh, I'm sure the other brands are noticing, like, hey, we got to get in on that because, yeah, why not a liter retro, but not full retro? I just love this Speaking description. Of retro. I can't get over this. We'll, we'll <laughs> jump right into what you're going to say. Making the Cafe Racer inspired model ideal for around town rides. How many people <laughs> use a liter bike for an around town ride? I mean, you'd be surprised. I guess you could probably say that in LA because LA is so spread out. There is usually a freeway involved with your around town ride. Well, but 
Your town is ginormous. Yes. And takes forever to get yes. around. But it just makes me think like you're uh, taking the Bugatti out for a stroll in New York City in Manhattan at like rush hour. That that seems what the, the ultimate feeling would be if you were taking a leader bike around town. But uh, you were saying... Yeah, so uh, keeping in line with the classic retro, but modern is the also the Cowie Z900 RS, which I think, uh, I, I don't know, last, last time we talked, I think it just came out right after we chatted last, and that is definitely more classic, whereas the R9T and the CB1000 are more modern classic. Meaning Cowie's bringing back an old model, right? Versus trying to come up with this middle 50-50 version. Uh, if you, you know, had a bike, if you had a Cowie as your first bike, which a lot of us had maybe in the 70s or 80s, you probably had one of the classic standards. Uh, and the Z900 RS is that. It, to me, it looks like an old bike, but it's shiny. <laughs> shiny with modern sensibilities you know water cooled oh water cooled and uh i'm guessing it would have fuel injection maybe some traction control i wonder if it has an electronics package is this a z900 abs let's see is it actually called rs no z900 rs huh that's the actual model name of it is that under Z or Versus Touring Cruisers? What am I? What am I looking? Here? I don't know. I don't know how they I'm have on it on their website uh, right now. Looking for the RS. Maybe they don't have I, it yet on their website. Maybe not. Um, Nine hundred. It's RS. it's the same engine as the Z nine hundred. So the oh, uh, they originally came out with the Z eight hundred oh, right a year ago. Now it's a Z900. That's a sporty naked. So it's a and Z900 they took that engine. Right. So it's a, it's a Ooh. Z900, which they tur- you took the engine and put it That's into their throwback one. model, right? Yeah. Yeah. What's the, Retro sport. What's the name of the model that Cowie makes that I like so much that had purple stripe with uh, white and green? Similar. It was probably a Z. The ZRX. Was it a ZRX? ZRX. Yeah. Yeah, I really I really liked. I mean, I'm not a huge purple fan on a motorcycle, but that <laughs> actually was kind of a cool color combo. The green, right, like mostly green with the white and purple stripe on mm-hmm. the tank. Yeah. Yeah, that's a ZRX 1200. I like that bike too. I think it's beautiful. Uh that one also had some really crazy color variations, like blue and I think I even found once I found a brown one and I don't know if it was a custom paint job that the person did, but that ZRX came in some interesting colors. Um, but the, the Z900 RS is what you think of as a classic, classic bike, but modern engine. Mm-hmm. I, it says, well, Jensen says that it may not be coming to the U.S., that it's set for the European market, but so far, Should we, hope we don't know wrong? if it's coming here. I Well, he expects, he's thinking that it will, 
but he didn't have any definitive info that yes it is he thinks it's coming i think it's coming i do like i would that gamble cowl. <laughs> it's beautiful i mean it's a really pretty really pretty basically modernized version of graphic z um kind of what would the original version have been z1 same design as the 72Z1. Yeah, it's beautiful. I think certainly bends more toward the person who likes a fully classic look. Like you like the old, you like the look of a 70s, 80s classic standard, but you want it to run like a bike that was made yeah. today. Yeah. Versus. Yeah, versus someone Just who's kind maybe of what looking for something. Triumph did with all of their models a couple of years ago when they gave them fuel injection yes. and traction control. Right. Although I could probably live without the TC ABS. Um, that. A reboot. What I was hoping the CB1100, I think that they called it. The CB1100. First of all, I didn't really CB1000? want to No, This is... That CB1100 is like the attempt at throwback to the C, the old school CBs. Oh, the EX? Yes, the 1100 EX, yes. Is it called the EX? I just wanted to mm-hmm. look. They yeah. actually just call it the CB1100. Mm-hmm. But um, the tank is just awful. Yeah, you're right. Check out, uh, want proof that a great idea never goes out of style? Check out the 2017 Honda CB1100 EX. I kind of just hate that tank. When that came back from from the dead, from how long has it been? At least 20-something years since we've seen a CB mm-hmm. after the 750 70s. or so. Yeah, um, 30 years. Well, no, 80s. They were making, I think, the CBs oh. up until the early 80s because they did the really mm-hmm. awful. Uh, they changed from spoke to uh, um, that other kind of rim that I just hate, the visual on mm. And uh, when they brought it back, I was so excited because exactly what you were saying, you want the aesthetic that everyone loved of that CB range, the 500, the 550, the 400s, mm-hmm. and they come out with the 1100, and that thing is just ugly. Hmm. I'm, I'm hoping that maybe <laughs> one day it will morph into something a little bit better. But to be honest, I, as a reboot of the CB line, a super successful line that, that Honda has had historically, I... I wouldn't have come out with an 1100. I would have come out with something smaller. I would have brought out a 750-ish, uh, uh, the reboot of the 750 to compete with the Scrambler line, the Ducati Scrambler line. But mm. um, See, Honda, just me. do you hear that? You should take Christy's advice because <laughs> you'll make a billion dollars. Right. Speaking of new bikes from Honda, the monkey's back. Yes. But it's coming back here. Is it really? Or is this another European? I'm ask, I'm wondering, uh, is it coming back here? Let's see what Jensen says over at asphaltandrubber.com. Let's see. It was launched at Tokyo Motor Show. So my theory is no. Because if it's launching in Tokyo, it's, you know, for them. Uh, it's a concept. Mm. So they've used the Honda Grom engine as opposed to mm. the Z's from the 60s and the 70s. So I think it's the Z50. So this bike, if you're familiar with the Z50 at all from Honda, is a super tiny 50cc motorcycle, um, kind of a scrambler-esque high pipe, and uh, very compact, very tiny tank, maybe like a gallon. 
And uh, these Z50s, um, there is a group that I follow, but you know what? I'm running. There, there are so many vacations, so little time. Um, there's a group out out there called the Adventurists. So uh, adventure minus the E added I-S-T-S dot com. And they have a, a tour that they offer, and it's all in the Z50s. And I think one of the locations is like the Himalayas, and it's like a rally race or something. Mm. And you're on this Z50 monkey bike, and for like I think eleven <laughs> or 1500 bucks for like a five- or six-day period, they'll provide you with everything you need, obviously minus the gear, for one of these uh, rally-type vacations. You show up, they give you the Z50, it's running, and basically the bike is so small that they tell you if something were to happen to the motorcycle, you just pick it up <laughs> and, and walk to the it's next tiny. destination. Um, so mm-hmm. at any rate, uh, that's, that's the model we're referring to, and this is a nicely updated uh, version, still LED headlight. Um, you know, Grom-like. They're using a 125 engine, um, which is mm-hmm. the Grom. And uh, some retro styling. I just think it's quite cute. Um, I don't know Super cute. how you would ride around on the street on that thing. It, it looks even smaller well, than, uh, how do you... than the Grom. Yeah, I, I bet you the photos are deceptive. I bet you it's the same. Yeah. It's probably the same, like, spec height, seat height and everything as a Grom. It's just, you know, it looks different. So it definitely looks lower, but I doubt it. But it's probably something I can flat foot. Mm. Oh, so it's probably that absolutely. small, and it's probably it's probably the perfect size for like a small child. So if your kid's starting out riding, or you want them to start learning to ride, and they're like twelve years old, or you know, ten, eleven, twelve, I bet they would fit on this bike like a Grom because it's so short. Yeah, actually, this I bet you the seat height's shorter on this Grom, um, or sorry, on this monkey. Yeah, the uh, monkey. there's a there's a huge following of hardcore monkey owners who own original monkeys and they uh add on kits they make you know they double the horsepower um i had a friend who who builds who can build a custom bike he doesn't do that right now but uh he has he had one of these and i think i hope he still has it because it was beautiful and it was so small you could put in the back of a of a like a station wagon like it was you know that tiny you could lay it down and stick it in the back and it was beautiful like it looked like a blast although i'm still terrified to ride a small bike or scooter that is so low that my head is barely seen by someone's rear view you know mirror like just the height i i'm always it makes me really antsy if i'm on a bike that's so small that I'm not as high up, you know, like I'm not at the eye line height of other mm, cars or yeah. higher. It's just, it makes me anxious. I don't, I don't like it, but I hear they're really fun. And I, I know he loved his very much. So for monkey fans, yeah. So if you it's like, maybe if you also want good commentary, cause I, I actually read this article all the way down and, um, mm-hmm. It was after I submitted a questionnaire to one of our friends who works in the motorcycle industry who just kind of wanted to reach out to people and get a feel for what their opinions are with, with the state the state of the union on the motorcycle uh, side of things because that's something that we potentially have the power to change as opposed to um, things greater that are also uh, using the phrase state of the union. 
And uh, a lot of the things that Jensen wrote in here after I had, you know, mm-hmm. I read this a couple days after I had submitted my thing, really parallel uh, some of the commentary. And uh, if you're interested in, in kind of the, you know, what is the motorcycle industry doing to bring in new riders? Why are we losing, uh, losing our ranks? Is it the baby boomers dying off? Um, you know, I've always kind of said the, uh, the nineteen seventies versions. If you jump on YouTube and you look up commercials from like Cowie and Honda in the sixties and the seventies, they just do a really great job with showing how fun motorcycling is. And granted, not all of them are geared up. Uh, back in that time of uh, back in that time frame, we weren't sporting D three O in our jackets, and we didn't have a lot of data to back up. Um, you know, what the, the hazards of motorcycling were, if you will. But um, it, they just showed people genuinely having fun. And I think that um, we've long since been lacking for commercials, let alone some excitement and some fun. And uh, I think there's just too much of a focus on, ooh, how big is this? And how much chrome? And how far can you go on it? And um, I don't know. I just uh, I, I have high hopes for this cool little motorcycle. So... So I totally got distracted because I was uh, looking at some other stuff on his page. <laughs> uh, random, totally different con- topic. The Pearly calendar's out. The Pearly calendar is out. The uh, 2018 Pearly calendar was launched. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Pearly puts out this crazy calendar every year, and they do some really interesting photos of different people and it's always very unique, very unexpected. Wow. Uh, we'll post a link because this is really York. cool. So cool. To check it out. I want to see if I can get a copy of that. I don't know. I think it's like something very limited. Oh, you can't yeah. just go and order one. Nope. Yeah. You have to like getting your hands on one is like impossible. I don't know. Maybe we can sweet talk Jensen into lending us a copy. You know, we'll see. But yeah, if you're a fan of that calendar, I have a link to it. We'll post a link to the story about it. I don't know if we'll see any photos, a lot of photos, but it looks pretty cool. Wow, Whoopi Goldberg's going to be in the Pirelli calendar. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> exactly. Always unexpected. No idea. Wow. Interesting. Mix of models, celebrities, high fashion, yada, yada. Hmm. So we'll post a fun link to that. Anyways, there's kind of a quick and dirty rundown of Eichma launches. Uh, if you, again, if you've never checked out Eichma, Google it, look at all the photos. It is the motorcycle show of motorcycle shows. You need more than an afternoon to be there to really see everything, take it all in. It's a huge experience and it's a vacation worth taking. If you're looking for a motorcycle vacation and you either want to go ride or you want to go do something that's cool and fun and sightsee, but see some awesome motorcycles, carve out your November, hit up Eichma. It's always the second-ish week, second to third week in November every year in Milan. It's hundreds of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of bikes, multiple buildings, like eight different buildings of motorcycles and gear and accessories and parts all the big names are there Rizoma's there people you've never heard of are there it's fantastic so we'll post links to all the bike launches that we talked about uh 
Um, I think that was all on my list. I don't know if you had anything else on your list. I think those were like all the big bikes that were mentioned this week. That covered my list. Um, And then we'll try to brainstorm and come up with something spectacular for a hundred, which at this point will probably be Thanksgiving weekend, I think. Yeah. uh, End of November. Um, And then we'll have some updates. I'll have some gear reviews. Um, Yeah. So we'll maybe chat a little bit more offline and we'll try to figure out some fun stuff. If you have some ideas you want us to try to do for 100, then please uh, send us an email, motorific at Gmail or post on Facebook on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash motorific podcast. And we'll certainly take your ideas and, and throw them in there. So yeah, we'll try to come up with something. And of course, since we don't offer the luxury of ICMA um, here in the U S the International Motorcycle so- International Motorcycle Show Circuit is starting up. And the, I don't know if there's one before Long Beach, but I can assure you that the Long Beach is, uh, I think, November 17th. Uh, that's the grand opening of that weekend. So it'll be the 17th, uh, Friday afternoon, and uh, 18th and 19th, Saturday, Sunday, at the Long Beach Convention Center. If you want to, I don't know if you're going to see any of the ICMA models, but you will be seeing a typical roundup of uh, most of the brands appearing at the International Motorcycle Show. If you have any interest in doing just a serious solid day of riding, uh, test riding motorcycles, that show is also very key to have multiple brands all in one location where you can go and test ride bikes. If you have no desire to see things on the showroom floor and just want to spend all day outside, the weather has been okay. So um, I think in about a a week or so when that show rolls into town, um, we shouldn't have too much uh, inclement weather. So bring your helmet, come on out, support local uh, motorcycle industry, and uh, I'm sure you'll see all your favorite publications and people looming in the background media days on Friday. I will be I'm not going to talk about the weather. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it's frigid. Not not happy. Yeah. That's okay. Next week we're having some 50s. And then I'm going to try to go riding since the high is only going to be like 57. We'll see. Yeah. So until then, visit us online. Visit us on the Facebooks. Hit us up on social media. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye.